Welcome to the First Step Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Fleming. Today, we're going to talk about stress and anxiety in preschoolers. We're going to talk about how you can tell if your child is struggling and how you can help them. Welcome to the First Step Podcast from your friends in Wombaland. This podcast is designed to give you practical tips that will help you lay a strong spiritual foundation in the heart of your preschooler. Hello, my name is Kendra Fleming, and I've been a part of North Point Ministry staff for 17 years. I'm the mom of four amazing and grown-up kids, and if you know me at all, you know that I really love kids, and I really love families. And today we're going to talk about something that I think is really important to talk about with preschoolers. Uh, Sometimes as parents, we try to keep their little world all perfect and happy, and we're going to sing songs and paint rainbows all the time, but the reality is when you have preschoolers, uh, they have meltdowns, and they uh, bite people, and they stomp their feet and throw toys and all those kind of things. So today we're going to talk about how do we recognize when it's just typical preschool behavior and how do we recognize and talk about when a child is starting to struggle with change and stress and how we can help them. I'm excited to introduce to you Erin Nicholas. Erin is a registered play therapist and a licensed professional counselor. She's come in and talked to our Kidmen staff here in our area churches and, and really shared a lot of practical things that were very helpful to us. Her specialty includes working with kids struggling with anxiety, depression, learning disabilities, uh, self-esteem issues, and things like that. And we are so thankful you are here with us today. So Erin, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, my name is Erin Nicholas. I am a Georgia native. I've uh-huh. lived here my entire life. Love it. Um, I have been married for the last three years to uh-huh. my wonderful husband, Greg. Um, I'm also an attender here at North Point Community Church, uh-huh. and I have um, historically volunteered in Upstreet myself. Uh-huh. So. That's all right. That's great. Um, professionally, I work at the Summit Counseling Center. Okay. I'm a registered play therapist, supervisor, and a licensed professional counselor. And in that capacity, I work predominantly with children, elementary and under mostly, sure. and their parents. Sure. It's so great to have you here today. When we've met with you before and when we've had a chance to talk with you, uh, you had so much great information. We all walked away going like, oh, we need to talk to her more. So I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Now, today we're going to talk about uh, what causes stress and how to help preschoolers with stress. But a lot of times parents think that their job is to make sure their preschooler never has any stress, right? Like they should remove everything and and kids should be happy at all moments. And, and we just both know that's not a reality and it's not even a healthy way to approach life because children will have stress. They will face things that um, cause them to be stressed. And stress is actually at at some level a little bit good for you. So um, today I want to just kind of first start by diving in and saying like, what causes stress in children? And and what are the things that you typically see and that parents can be aware of? There are a lot of different things that can determine Mm -hmm. stress. You know, as much as we want to keep our kids in a bubble and make sure that nothing bad ever happens to them, stress is going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. And I often tell parents and children, Struggles make us stronger. Yeah. So in terms of what causes stress, it could be a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. It might be, um, you know, starting daycare for the first time or going to preschool even. Sure. Um, Having a babysitter for the first time or being out of routine with summertime and going on a vacation Mm -hmm. that is supposed to be really, really fun. Uh But because it's not their typical day to day, it might feel stressful to them. Yeah. But in a lot of times, it also may just be their temperament. Uh Some kids are just more sensitive. I mean, honestly, I would say that I was one of those more uh-huh. sensitive kids. Sure. I've been a nail biter since I could chew. Uh-huh. And people who know me will laugh about that. Um, <laughs> you know, some kids uh-huh. are just born a bit more sensitive. Mm-hmm. They don't handle change as well. Mm-hmm. Or loud noises really, you know, freak them out. Or 
Um, they don't handle things not going their way as yeah. easily. And some of that is just the way they are wired. Sure. It is how they came out of you. Sure. Um, so there's lots of different things that can cause stress, but change is probably the biggest one. Yeah, sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I know preschoolers have big imaginations. Um, there was a big storm last night. Yes, there was. And I was uh, – uh, I'm staying with my niece, and she's just – uh, just turned five. So she's kind of on the end of that preschool spectrum. And uh, she had just been tucked in for bed and boom went the thunder and she was terrified immediately. Like to yes. her, her imagination, it was way bigger. The roof was falling in and she was scared. Uh, and so talk a little bit about how preschoolers, like they just don't have the ability to like put it in proper perspective all the time. Right. right. I saw a great cartoon and it was in a workshop I was I was uh-huh. attending where there were these two boys, one older, one younger. Uh-huh. And the little one was on top of a slide. Yeah. And the bigger one was like, come on, Jimmy, yeah. it's not that far. <laughs> and then you see the little um, thought bubble uh-huh. of the little of little Jimmy, and what he's seeing is a canyon. Yeah. He's not seeing a four-foot slide. He's yeah. seeing the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You know, their imaginations, especially once you hit the age of two and a half to three, mm-hmm. their imaginations are flourishing. Yeah. So what seems like a small thing to us, like a thunderstorm mm-hmm. or fireworks even, yeah. is a huge deal yeah. to them. And there are certain fears that are actually pretty age-appropriate. Sure. So. Sure. That makes sense, yeah, when you're that age. Well, um, just for a second, just hit hit some of the general changes that are, like, bigger things that, of course, would cause stress, and then just some of the little minor things that still cause stress for kids. Can you give us a couple of those? Sure. So we'll kind of do it kind of age by sure. age. So, like, yeah. zero to two, typically, anytime you're separating from a parent, yeah. that's going to cause stress or anxiety. Yeah. Now, that may be as simple as, you know, getting dropped off at daycare yeah. or, you know, grandma coming for a visit and taking you out shopping. Yeah. Um, loud noises, sensory yeah. overload mm-hmm. for kind of that zero to two range can be really, like, overwhelming for them, mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do with it because mm-hmm. their experience of the world is still pretty small. Mm-hmm. So when something is loud and unexpected, like, thunder mm-hmm. or um, a fire a fire truck going yeah. by. That can be really overwhelming for them. The whole stranger danger thing sure. is really big at this age. They don't know you. That yeah. is unfamiliar territory to them. Yeah. So therefore, they might start crying or cling to mommy and daddy in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, another big one that I see, and I see this really from zero to sometimes five and six, People in costumes. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a reason why a two-year-old doesn't want to sit on Santa's lap. Yeah. It is scary and creepy. Or um, (laughs) the Easter Bunny. I'm sorry. That's a little scary when you're a three-year-old of what is this gigantic rabbit? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that you might see with a zero to two. Mm -hmm. It's mostly around loudness, unexpectedness, and especially separation from parents. Sure, sure. Once you hit three to four, it becomes more that's where the imagination is flourishing right so it's monsters witches halloween can be terrifying for them the same thing with like thunder and lightning loud Mm -hmm. noises Mm -hmm. um the dark yeah in the dark their imaginations go wild Mm -hmm. they hear noises that we hear as a creak in the floorboards yeah they think it's a monster creeping under their bed you know or they hear the wind in the trees and someone's whistling outside what's going on here and their little minds just go crazy yeah, so that makes sense. So those are kind of things that you can expect. And and the thing I think I would like to encourage parents who are listening is that, um, like, you leaving your child with a babysitter to go out on a date – 
ultimately the bigger picture of you having a healthy relationship is so good for your child. So that little bit of stress and helping them learn to deal with it is a good thing. Um, You taking your child to preschool and them learning and growing and playing with friends, even if they're very stressed about that, uh, helping them overcome that, it's good for them. And it's it's a good thing. It's very normal. These are natural things that every child has to go through. Yes. But it's part of the learning process. Yes. So it's okay if they're having a little meltdown yes. or tearfulness at transition. Yes. It's normal. Yep. You have to roll with it. I remember when my kids were young, they all laugh about it now, but I didn't think it was super funny. But uh, when they were really young in preschool, they would never spend the night anywhere, which I just thought was normal and fine. But right. as they started getting into elementary, like I can't tell you how many times they would beg to spend the night with somebody yes. I really loved and trusted. And then halfway through the night, I'd be over there picking them up, you know, kind of thing, because they just those kind of things like cause yeah, a little bit of stress, of a little bit of fear, all of those things. Well, the number of kids who have a new babysitter and they don't want that babysitter. But yeah. by week two, they're like, I want to see Miss So-and-so. <laughs> They're so excited because yes. that little, that initial transition, yes. that first step mm-hmm. was scary. Yeah. But once they got through it, they realized mm-hmm. how great it was. The number of kids who struggled to transition into, like, preschool yeah. on the first, like, week. Yeah. Within five minutes of getting there, yeah. they're fine. Yeah. It's just that transition. It but is. most teachers will tell you, honestly, once you were out the door, uh-huh. they were fine. They were fine. They had a great time. Yes, for sure. So. For sure. Okay. So what are we looking for? Like what are the signs that a child is really uh, struggling with stress and that it's kind of beyond the normal? Um, you know, I know moms who say, like, I just can't leave my kid with a babysitter because whatever. You know, they're just crying and they anxiety. And, you know, sometimes I just, like, do what you do and can encourage, like, in five minutes they'll be fine. And after two babysitters, they're going to love that babysitter and all right. of those things. But there are really and truly times when uh, uh, preschoolers kind of step beyond what you would say is typical or they need a little bit of extra help and you need to kind of recognize like the stress has ramped up a pinch. So what are some signs that you would see that they're struggling? Okay. So the number one sign that a child is struggling with really anything Uh is going to be major change out of characteristic changes in Uh their behavior. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not just having a a bad day. Every kid is going to have a rough morning and maybe more than one rough morning. Sure. But if it is persistent, Mm -hmm. if it is lasting, you know, let's just take daycare or preschool Mm -hmm. as as an example. If they are struggling for weeks on end of every morning is a horrible morning. Every morning we're running late and we're stressed and they're crying and they're clinging to you. That's when you know it's becoming more of a problem. It's persistent. It begins to generalize Mm -hmm. into other areas. That's Mm -hmm. another big indicator. If it was just, you know, preschool before, Mm -hmm. but now they don't want to go into Wamba Land Mm -hmm. when they loved Wamba Land before. Mm -hmm. That's another big indicator. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of um, physical symptoms that kids will complain of. Tummy aches. I don't feel good. My Mm -hmm. head hurts. Mm -hmm. And again, they they those things are actually real. They Mm -hmm. their tummy does hurt. That is legitimate. Um, Because there's a very physical component to anxiety. Mm -hmm. But children can't tell the difference between Mm -hmm. a sick tummy and a nervous tummy. I tell parents this all the time. Um, They can't tell the difference. And so we have to be kind of bigger, stronger, wiser Mm -hmm. in that moment and recognize, okay, there's a pattern here. This is happening a lot. This seems to be happening almost every week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another few other things might be changes in sleeping patterns. If they were sleeping on their own before Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden they're in your bed every night. Now, sometimes that is temporary. Kids go through phases and that's normal. But if it's if you're not able to get them back in their own bed within Uh a week or two. Uh Okay, now something's going to be a bit more problematic. Or if they are 
eating differently, if they're eating more or eating mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. I mean, emotional eating is a real thing. I'm mm-hmm. one of those that uh-huh. <laughs> probably does that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's pretty normal. And then excessive clinginess. Mm-hmm. But clinginess to the point where none of your reassurance is mm-hmm. working. Yeah. Most of the time, when it's just your typical stress sure. or anxiety, reassurance works. Yeah. We snuggle with them. We hold them. We mm-hmm. let them cry for a few minutes. We tell them that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They rally, and they're good to go. Yeah. Most of the time, that works. Yeah. But when even that's not working, mm-hmm. that's another red flag. Okay. They're having a harder time than just your typical, sure. you know, phase. Because sure. every kid goes through phases. Yeah. So you're kind of describing like a difference between what is just sort of age-appropriate behavior. Right. Um, it's, typi- it's, it's typical that a child is scared of a thunderstorm. Yes. And what is kind of ramping it up to something a little bit more. Can you kind of give us an example? I, uh, I know you won't share anybody's personal information, but just kind of an sure. example of, of something you've seen where you've been like, uh, this little preschooler really needed a little bit more help to mm-hmm. get past it. Probably, I'm trying to give a good example, yeah. one that I've seen more than once. Yeah. The transition to an activity. Mm-hmm. So kids that, you know, again, they have that meltdown, and it may last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So once they get to preschool or once mm-hmm. they get into, let's even meet Mama Land, another yeah. example. Yeah. Once they're there, the recovery isn't happening, and yeah. they're tearful for a good 30 to 45 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of kids where once they're there, they just can't seem to settle. Yeah. You know, they get to preschool, and it's like, they don't really know what to do. Yeah. And you the teachers can feel the stress and they're just sure. they're tearful for a really long yeah. time. Um that's one good example. Sure. Yeah, we see that in Wombaland sometimes. Like mm-hmm. it's not unusual for especially that uh, 12 to 18, 24 month yes. age for them to be very upset to be handed to us yes. in Wombaland. Um, but normally, like you said, we know within minutes we can distract them and play with them and yes. hug them. And Distraction is a great tool. They're going to be fine, right? <laughs> but occasionally we do bump into a child that week after week, they just have a really hard mm-hmm. time. Yes. So that's a great example. Okay. So I know as parents, uh, we want to help with this. Like it breaks our heart when we walk away and we can tell we've left them in a stressful situation or that they are unsure of themselves and they just have a way of even even if they're not crying when they're like three and four looking at you like I'm not like that panic yes yeah headlights and that's a really hard thing for parents to go like I'm just gonna walk away I don't know um but I know sometimes parents kind of get caught in this trap of constantly rescuing and that's not really helpful either right so let's just jump into um how can as parents how can we help our preschooler who we know is having stress and anxiety uh around change well, so to speak to wanting to rescue, yes. that's that's a really big thing. Mm-hmm. So when we rescue our kids repeatedly, mm-hmm. it sends the message to them mm-hmm. that there is something to be scared of. Gotcha. So when we don't make them go to Wombaland yes. or when we take them back home with us instead uh-huh. of dropping them off at preschool, right. the message they get is that, well, there must be something to be scared of because uh-huh. mommy is rescuing me or yes. daddy is rescuing me in this that's moment. That's so great. Yes. And it only becomes more and more pervasive. The yeah. longer we rescue, uh-huh. the the longer, the harder it's going to be for them to overcome that fear. Yeah. The classic example, and this is not anxiety related, but, yeah. you know, it's when you're in the checkout aisle of the grocery store mm-hmm. and your kid is screaming because they want a candy bar. Right. And your overwhelming sense of embarrassment <laughs> makes you buy them the candy bar. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, the next time you're in the grocery store, uh-huh. what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. They're going to scream even louder. <laughs> and it's going to get louder until you give it to them again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Until you break that chain and say, yeah. no. Yeah. I am not going to buy you the Nestle Crunch Bar. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's going to continue. So yeah. 
there's a fine line always. I mean, yeah. we want to reassure. We want to make them feel safe. Mm-hmm. But if we constantly allow them to escape what they're scared of, yeah. they're never going to overcome it. Yeah. And it's only going to get bigger yeah. and scarier. And don't you think you also kind of send the message that they, are, uh, that they aren't capable of overcoming? Yes. Like that, Absolutely. You know, I know part of it is you're helping them get the skills to overcome it. But I feel like after a while you kind of send that message like yes. you, you, you won't be able to handle Absolutely. this. Absolutely. They, yeah. they develop a sense of what's called learned helplessness. Uh-huh. Mommy's always done this for me, therefore I can't do it. Yeah. Or daddy's always tied my shoes, I can't tie my shoes yeah. because it's always been done for me. Sure. So that sure. learned helplessness begins to sink in. It can feel very manipulative yep. from, for, the, for the parent, mm-hmm. but it's really not. It's a kid trying to get their needs met. Sure. They don't have the confidence yet. Yeah. And they don't always have the words to tell yeah, you. So they they, they they do try things that are behavior-oriented yes. to get you to do it. The, oh, yeah. Um, okay. So kind of walk us through uh, ways we can help. What, what What's your first suggestion? So my first suggestion would be focus on routine and consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, real life happens. Not every yeah. day is going to be exactly the same. I know that. Yeah. But any way we can anchor a child's day, mm-hmm. whether it's with meal times or bedtimes mm-hmm. or knowing that certain activities are for morning and certain mm-hmm. are for afternoon, mm-hmm. whatever we can fall back on, that gives them a sense of, I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Children feel safer and more secure when the world around them mm-hmm. is stable and yeah. predictable. Children very much respond to their environment. Yeah. So when there is routine at home, mm-hmm. can, so school by nature is is routine and consistent all the time. Teachers have to. They've got, what, 25 kids in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So school is by nature Mm -hmm. consistent and routine. Home, not so much. So we have to find ways as parents to put Mm -hmm. that into our home life, not in a militaristic, rigid way by any means, but just something that gives them a sense of, I know what to expect this day. I know how my day usually goes. And honestly, they're typically more able to go with the flow Mm -hmm. if something is out of routine when their normal routine is typically what happens. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I remember uh, my second oldest daughter, who's now 26 years old, but uh, she had a lot of separation going to preschool. Mm-hmm. And um, she cried a lot. She wanted yep. mommy, all those things. And I remember uh, the routine that we provided is the night before, we packed her backpack together mm-hmm. every night. Yes. And we just like talked about what was going to be in there. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of like a mental preparation of I've got everything I need. I'm And kind of I did it more to confirm like you're still going tomorrow mm-hmm. you're going yes. <laughs> you know kind of thing um but every night and she kind of had fun where, like I would let her pick snacks that were going to go in right. and put them in Ziploc bags and wash grapes like but we just had this regular routine which I what I was trying to do is just try to get her more and more comfortable that getting ready for school was going to be fun and it was going to be good um but really we did it all the time it was yes. like her little routine of like okay mom's confirming that I'm going well nighttime <laughs> same thing it's mm-hmm. really helpful if a child has a fear of the dark yeah. Or they have a hard time falling asleep, which, yes. again, it's kind of a, a pretty normal thing for younger kids. Sure. Because that nighttime, you know, TVs are off. Yeah. Parents are in their own room. It's like those little minds wander like crazy. Yeah. Having a consistent routine at night that kind of signals to their bodies and brains yeah. it's bedtime yeah. can ease a lot of anxiety. Sure. Whether it's, okay, I always brush my teeth, mm-hmm. put on my PJs, get mm-hmm. in bed. We read two stories. Mm-hmm. We snuggle for a second, and then it's lights out. Yeah. It's just something that is... Consistent. Yeah, yeah. Now, if the routine is taking you 45 minutes to an hour to get through, yeah. that's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, much. if your kid is stalling <laughs> uh-huh. for an extra 20 uh-huh. minutes, well, one more story, uh-huh. snuggle a little bit longer, yeah. you know, that's probably taking it a little bit too far. Yeah. But something that's the same, sure. that really helps them feel, you know, this. it, it signals their bodies and yeah. their brains. 
it is sleep time. Yeah. I'm going to close my eyes. And they're usually out like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, validate their emotions is, is another suggestion that you have. And I know um, I have a couple of grandchildren. I've, we, we haven't talked about that yet, but they're amazing, in case mm-hmm. you're wondering. Um, and my da- my oldest daughter is really good at this. And I remember the first couple of times my husband heard her doing this, she would say, like, hey, I know you're really mad right now. Yes. And he would good be like. Good job, Dad. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah. And so my husband would be like, okay, that was interesting. Like, But my second, my grandson is a busy kid. He has a lot of emotions that you see on the outside really easily and so like almost trying to teach him to be like okay I am really mad right now you know and Mm -hmm. that's what's causing all of this so talk a little bit about like validating emotions I always tell parents feelings are never wrong yes behaviors are one thing behaviors can be wrong yeah feelings never are it's okay to be angry yeah not okay to throw your uh-huh. toys at your sister. Uh-huh. You know, it's okay to be scared. Yeah. It's not okay to run and hide under your bed for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So feelings are never wrong. And one of the best things we can do is literally say an emotion out loud to yeah. a child. Mm-hmm. You're feeling mad right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Or you're sad because no one sat with you at lunch today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're disappointed that your little you know, baby sister just snapped your Lego creation in half. Yeah. yeah. You know, rather than asking the questions of what's wrong? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. If we say the emotion, uh-huh. we're going to get a lot more of a response. Yeah. Most of the time, if we ask a question to our kids, like, what's wrong? Or yeah. my favorite, how was your day? Yeah. What do you normally get as a response? Yeah. Fine. Fine. Yeah. What'd you learn? I don't know. Yeah. What'd you, what, what did, who did you see? I don't remember. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> you know, you get yeah. those really sor- mm-hmm. short one-word mm-hmm. answers. Questions typically shut kids down. Mm-hmm. So let's not ask. Mm-hmm. Let's say it. You know, as a parent, parents know their kids better than anybody. Right. Better than anybody. I'm pretty good at my job, but I'm mm-hmm. still not the parent of the child in the room sure. with me. So yeah. there are things that I miss that mm-hmm. a parent would notice in two seconds. Yeah, for sure. And so don't ask what you already know. Yeah. Just say it out loud. Yeah. If you see that your two little kids are, you know, squabbling over something, mm-hmm. don't say what's wrong. Look at what's going on and say, yeah. okay, you guys are really mad because you yeah. can't agree over how to make this little storyline happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can't agree which puppets you both want to use. Yeah. Say what you see out yeah. loud and see what happens. Yeah. They'll tell you if you're wrong. Yeah. That's what I love about kids. Yeah. I have been corrected many times. They'll say, no, Miss Erin, I'm not mad. I'm like, okay. You know, they'll tell you if you're yeah. wrong. Yeah. And I, I honor that. I was like, great. Thank you for telling me. Sometimes yeah. I get it wrong. Yeah. So yeah, that's great that. advice. Really great advice. Um, okay, set set aside one on one time to sit and play. This is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So as a play therapist, obviously I play with kids for a living. Right. Play is a child's language. Mm-hmm. It is how they communicate. Yeah. At this preschool age, their vocabulary mm-hmm. is just developing. Yeah. So they're going to show us with their mm-hmm. playtime far more Mm -hmm. than what they're going to tell you with their words. I mean, a great example would be, you know, when a child has just started in school, whether it's daycare, preschool, kindergarten, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, you will often find them playing out teacher. Yeah, for sure. And I've had kids play teacher with me, and they will have me, like, misbehave, Uh and they'll be the teacher correcting Uh me. Uh I'm like, this is them. They are processing what they saw in school that day yeah. because they saw teacher correct and they're putting themselves in teacher's mm-hmm. shoes yep. to see what that was like. There's a reason why kids play house. Yeah. It's very nurturing, yeah. soothing to them. Even aggressive play. Uh-huh. You know, some kids, they need to act out. They need uh-huh. to get this energy out of themselves. Yeah. It's not all aggressive by that. Sure. You know, aggressive is not maybe a great word, but it's just a way for them to get that stuff out. Uh-huh. They need to do it. Yeah. 
So as a parent, if you really want to get to know your kid, uh-huh. sit down, play with them, mm-hmm. follow their lead. Yeah. Do not make suggestions. Yeah. Don't tell them what to do. Yeah. Let them lead the play. Yeah. And you'll be amazed what they will show you yeah. and what you will learn about them mm-hmm. just by watching and engaging in that mm-hmm. way. And do you feel like that time, you know, when I'm kind of tying it back to stressful behavior, it will either show you like, okay, that must be the stress point with the teacher or um, or is it just the quality time that you're giving them that is helping with the stress? Like, It's a mix of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I mean, in some cases, you're going to see what's going on. Now, yeah. I'm trained to see what's going on. Yeah. So I know what to look for. Not all parents do. Not every parent is trained to play. Sure. There, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's also just a time for them to sit and be with you. Yeah. And that time, that connection mm-hmm. is powerful. Mm-hmm. That will ease a lot of tension for them. Yeah. And even if you have no idea why they're doing what they're doing, it yeah. doesn't matter. You don't have to know. You're not. Yeah. That's my job. It's yeah. my job to figure yeah. out why they're doing it. Yeah. It's just giving them the space to do it and being present with them. Sure. That goes a really long way in building that secure attachment between, yeah. you know, child and parent and um, really helping the parent read their child mm-hmm. like a book in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, um, that made me really think about two things. One is my grandson, who is really a physical kid. Uh, he, when he is stressed, it, it comes out really physically. He's yes. just so physically active. Um, and they play a lot of baseball, throwing balls, boxing things mm-hmm. outside um, for a long period of time, which I, I know that they do it on purpose just to like ha- let him have an outlet for all that energy. Um, Another thing I remember as a young mom, so I had four preschoolers kind of all together when I was a young mom. And um, I remember a couple of my kids, and you mentioned uh, that sometimes it's just their temperament a Mm -hmm. little bit. What uh, was their temperament to be a little bit more stressed? Um, I remember thinking at times they needed more of my time. Like I had been a little too busy, maybe had too many things on our schedule. Four kids, you know, give myself a little grace there. There's a lot going on. But usually I could kind of recognize like the separation was causing them more stress than it should. And I needed to just stop and spend more time with them. Right. Like kind of do what they wanted to do for a while instead of forcing them to do my schedule all day, you know, kind of things like that. So that's kind of what that makes me think about that those are. Those are ways to kind of lean into my kids feeling stressful. Right. Uh, that play. We got to fill their little need bucket. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like that kids need more than anything. Yeah. They need our attention. Yeah. They need our time. Yeah. It may just be five, 10 minutes. Yeah. But I think one of the most important things, if it is just those five, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. get on the floor. Yeah. Get on their level. Put your phone away. I mean, we're all guilty of it, myself included. Uh-huh. My, my, <laughs> I have a really cute little puppy at home. Uh She's just turned one. Uh And even she, like, if I'm looking at my phone, she will bat the phone out of my hand. (laughs) And this is a dog. So you can imagine what a child might feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, But being being on their level Mm -hmm. and full eye contact, body language really matters too. Kids don't see all of us very often. You know, we're sitting at the kitchen table paying bills or we're we're cooking dinner. They see the back of us. Yeah. Even in school, like they don't see the full frontal of teacher all the yeah. time. They mm-hmm. don't see her her face and her mm-hmm. shoulders and her knees. Yeah. They might see her side as she's looking down. Yeah. And frankly, we're bigger yeah. than children. Now, I'm yeah. short for a human or an yeah. adult, but <laughs> yeah. most of us are not. And so yeah. we're looking down on them. Yeah. That's intimidating. Sure. If we get on their level, uh-huh. orient our body in their direction and say, your toes follow your nose. Yeah. I got that from my favorite play therapist, uh-huh. so I can't take credit for it. Yeah. But 
that conveys, I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm listening. And that gives them the freedom yeah. to do what they need to do, but also feel safe. Sure. And it does definitely reduce the stress yeah. and the nerves that might be building. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, how do we, uh, for number four, your, your suggestion is to provide empathy and encouragement. So how do we do that? So this is one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to teach parents. Mm-hmm. I always talk about the difference between praise and encouragement. Yes. I always start by saying neither one is bad. Right. Praise is not bad. Yeah. Um, praise actually comes more naturally to most of us. Sure. It's the good job, great job, I'm yeah. so proud of you. But it's very externally motivating. Sure. So it's, oh, I'm good because mommy said I was good. Yeah. Um, encouragement's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Encouragement notices the process and the details. So this is a really old story from a long, yeah. long time ago, so I'll, I'll share it and I'll yeah. change the details just a little bit. <laughs> but I had um, a child in my office who loved to draw pictures, and she always drew the same kind of a picture. Mm-hmm. There was always a rainbow, some flowers, um, and I believe there was like a, a dog, a certain kind of dog. And she was obsessed with this animal, if I recall correctly. <laughs> and she would hold the picture up, mm-hmm. and she would go, Miss Erin? do you think it's pretty? Mm-hmm. And her shoulders would be a little bit hunched up. You know, she's uh-huh. kind of hiding behind uh-huh. the picture. Uh-huh. And I could have easily said, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. that is so pretty. Yeah. What a pretty picture. Yeah. But instead, I noticed the details. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, look at that picture. Mm-hmm. Look at the rainbow with all the different colors and the flowers. And look at that puppy you drew. It's got the brown and the white spots. And in that moment, I remember she physically mm-hmm. stood sat up taller. Yeah. Her posture completely changed. And then she started pointing out things that I hadn't gotten to Uh yet. uh So encouragement notices the in-between moments. Yeah. It notices the details. Mm -hmm. And that's very internally motivating to Mm -hmm. them. Because then that little voice in their head is like, I did do that. Yeah. That does look good. I did do all the colors in the right order. Yeah. Or if they're doing, you know, if they're learning how to read, Mm -hmm. rather than waiting for them to get to the last page, Mm -hmm. you know, noticing, oh, you got that hard word. You haven't gotten that word before. Or you really sounded that word out and it got Mm -hmm. you to where you wanted Mm -hmm. to go. Um, That's the general idea. You're noticing those in-between moments. Praise is not bad. Again, we all do it. I still slip up and do it every now and then. It's what they hear in school. It's what... You know, we heard growing up, but encouragement is so much more powerful. It builds them up. So when you're kind of thinking about a stressful preschooler, like what, how would you use encouragement to help, like, give us a scenario? So let's say you've got a kid who is learning how to ride their tricycle. Yeah. Okay. And they don't quite, they're a little bit nervous. And I I hear this all the time. Yeah. Especially the tricycle to the actual bike. Yeah. But, you know, noticing when they're getting closer, like, you're getting closer to your bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Or when they sit on it, but don't move. Look at you. You're sitting on your bicycle. You're Uh holding onto the handlebars. Uh All those little in-between things. Um, And then when they kind of try to pedal, look at you. You're trying to pedal. You got, oh. You moved three inches? Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, or nighttime. Yeah. Another example, so many kids at this age, yeah. preschoolers, have a hard time at night. They're mm-hmm. just, that's very, mm-hmm. very normal for that age. You know, when they go upstairs. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You're heading up to bed already. You made yeah. it upstairs by yourself. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if they pick out their three stuffed animals to sleep with and they're getting in bed, you've picked out your three stuffed animals. You yeah. know who's going to make you feel safe today. Yeah. yeah. Those little, little things. Yeah. 
yeah, is that, really helpful. That makes a lot of sense. And so parents, I know some of you might be hearing that thinking like, oh my goodness, that seems like a crazy way to talk to a child. But the reality is that preschoolers uh, need us to talk to them very different than adults need to yes. be talked to. Very and different. so you you need to kind of change your language and notice those little things with preschoolers to really encourage them yes. away from um, what is uh, or through what is feeling stressful to them. Um, I noticed you use the word empathy. How can a parent empathize with a child who is feeling stressed? The biggest thing is saying those emotions out loud, noticing those emotions, using the emotional words, and not being afraid Mm -hmm. to maybe share a personal story of when they were little. You know, often we we want our kids to see us as big, tough, and strong. But if we will often say, you know, I remember when I was little, and I really had a hard time going to school, too. It made me really nervous. So being a little bit vulnerable and sharing our own stories— don't go into a ton of detail. Yeah. Ten words or less. Trust me, they're going to tune you out <laughs> if you go on too long. Yeah. Um, but those little short stories and just mm-hmm. saying their feelings out loud back yeah. to them, yeah. that shows the empathy. That shows that you care, you're listening, that you understand where yeah. they're coming from. Yeah, that you see. You see it. Yeah. You see it. If we don't say it out loud, yes. then they're not going to know if we see it or not. Yeah. We have to be more verbal with the little sure. ones because they don't, they're not as um, – cued into yeah. if we're like nodding our heads. Yeah. You know, they need to hear the words. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I feel like this is very, very helpful. Uh, thanks for sharing all of this information. Parents, as we wrap up, one thing I want to tell you is sometimes uh, you feel like when your child's behavior is showing that they're stressed, that's a reflection on you. Um, I notice sometimes when you're handing us, handing them to us in Wombaland and they're having a full meltdown, like the look on your face is, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong this morning? And, and the reality is you did nothing wrong. This is very typical behavior of young preschoolers. And your job is not to work worry about it and not to be embarrassed about it, but to help them walk through it. I feel like Erin gave us such good suggestions today of, of how to help them just gain a little strength, gain a little courage, uh, begin to learn new skills and all of those things. And, and remember, pushing against stress for, for young children is good for them. It doesn't mean that there's always something wrong. It's good for them. So anyway, thanks for listening today. I hope this content was helpful and we'll talk to you again soon.